is beginning again, again. Beginning again, again. Because that's sort of how it is, right? We, we say we're going to do this, and we commit to doing this, and it just doesn't quite, well, we just somehow or another, it doesn't, doesn't come together. And then we commit to doing it again and again and again. And so today I thought I would acknowledge that, beginning again, again. So the scripture for this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter 3. Paul's letter to the, to the church at Philippi, chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading with verse 12. This is the authoritative word of the living God. It is the foundation for our lives. So I want to invite you to stand as we honor its reading. Paul speaks to the church and he says, Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on. To make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, pressing forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call in Christ Jesus. This is God's word for us for today and for our lives. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. There is perhaps no um, more common metaphor for life than that of a marathon. You've heard it over and over and over. Life is a marathon, not a 50-yard dash. Life is a marathon, not a sprint. That's certainly how the Apostle Paul saw it. He saw life as a marathon. And I want you to know, incidentally, these are some of my favorite verses in all the Bible. I love teaching Romans, and I love doing all the other things regarding God's Word. I love studying God's Word, but these, these are great, great verses. In fact, I turn to these verses when I need to refocus, when I need to start over again. Can't you just hear Paul saying it? I haven't gotten there yet. I, I haven't quite gotten there, but I'm, I'm pressing on. I'm working hard. I'm, I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I want to be. That's kind of the passion in his voice. I'm working on it. I'm on my way. So today, for a few minutes, I want to invite you to think about that in relationship to your life. And in this year, on which we sort of still stand on the precipice, I'm wondering where and what areas in your life right now might you be saying, I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm pressing on. I haven't gotten to this area in my life yet. I know there's lots of work to be done, but, and, and I'll eventually get there. Where are the areas in your life where you haven't gotten where you want to be? You're not what you used to be. 
but you're not what you want to be? Where are the places in your life that you know, you know, you know need work? And you're working on them. And, and how do you do that? In what areas do you do that? Because I have heard over and over and over about resolutions being dropped and resolutions not being made. And I wanted to do this. I set out to do this. But, well, you know, it just kind of fell apart on me. This morning, for a little bit, I want to suggest to you that there are three areas in your life where you might really apply this scripture. Really, really dig down and apply this particular passage. One is in the area of our physical well-being. Secondly, in the area of our relational well-being. And third, and most importantly, in the area or arena of the spiritual in our lives, in the area of our relationship with God. So there are three specific areas that we need to kind of pull back and look at in relationship to a passage like this. I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I want to be. In relationship to our physical lives, in relationship to our, relation, to our relationships around us, and in relationship to the spiritual part of who we are. And in order to do this this morning, I want to make three assumptions. Uh, I want to make an assumption from each one of these areas that will enable us to kind of sharpen it a little more as we talk about pressing forward as the Scripture calls us to do. So, first of all, in regard to, in regard to our physical selves... Make the assumption that you will face some physical challenge you could never have anticipated. How about that? Make the assumption that this year, somewhere, you're going to face some physical challenge. Something's going to come out of nowhere, and you'll have some physical battle to deal with. Because if most people could look back at the beginning of 2022 and see how 2022 ended, wow, there are some things you could never have predicted, could never have anticipated. Make the assumption that this year you're very likely to have some kind of major physical battle. Now, there, there are lots of people this morning for whom that's not an assumption at all. They don't have to imagine what that's like. They are either in a physical battle right now or they are coming out of a physical battle. They don't have to imagine what it's like. But I'm just going to prod you a little and say, would you move forward presuming you're going to have something come out of nowhere. I was sitting in a pastor's meeting uh, a couple of years ago, and one of my minister friends was describing making hospital rounds. You know, preachers go from hospital to hospital, and they make visits and so forth. 
And he, was on, he talked about how he was on his way out to the car in the parking lot, and he ran into a church member. Now, this happens occasionally. Uh, someone, a church member will be in the hospital, and another church member will be going to visit them. But anyway, he ran into, uh, this pastor ran into a, a church member. <laughs> and this guy was a member of the congregation, but a very infrequent attender. Do you know what I mean by that? These are the people we call the C and E folks, right? The Christmas and Easter crowd. Anyway, this guy, the pastor runs into this guy, and this guy's angry. And, and he stops the pastor. And as is the case, sometimes this guy just started unloading. You know how sometimes people just want to vent? Well, he wanted to vent. And here's what he said. He said, preacher, you won't believe what just happened to me. I had a physical and my doctor said I needed to go on a strict diet and I need to change my whole life. Can you believe he'd say that to me? Now, what do you say? Well, I know about your health issues, the pastor said, and I have to tell you, I, I am concerned about you. Listen, said the man, my grandfather lived to be 91 years old. He smoked like a chimney. He drank. He ate anything he wanted to. He never exercised. I think this is just another way for them to make money. Boy, you're really angry at your doctor, aren't you? And the guy said, listen, I'm fed up. I am fed up with these doctors trying to play God, and I'm not going to pay him any attention. I'm going to do what I want to do. After all, it is my life. And with that, the guy just kind of walked away. And then my friend made this observation to us. He said, it was like this guy saw his doctor as the enemy rather than the ally. It's like he thinks his doctor is trying to make him deliberately miserable rather than help him make changes. I suspect that in almost every one of us this morning, there's some part of our lives where we, we, we think to ourselves, you know, I need to pay closer attention to this. I'm not getting any younger. I'm not getting any. I just need to pay closer and closer attention to it. Now, that might have to do with a bad habit. It could have to do with exercising. It could have to do with eating better. It could have to do with reducing stress. Listen to me. We are living in a very stressful time right now. Have you noticed that? And it's gotten to the place in our culture where we're moving at such a pace, we're so tense that we're about to become past tense. Stress levels are off the chart. People are very, very stressed. But life is like that right now. I want to suggest to you this morning that you make the assumption sometime this year I, I'm, I'm likely to have some kind of major physical challenge. So I want to deal with being prepared. Hey, would you believe me if I told you there's a difference if you really are, if you take care of yourself? You can't always uh, stop the physical things that come at you, 
But if you take care of yourself, you can, it makes a lot of difference, doesn't it? So I just want to begin by asking you, during this year, make the assumption something's going to come out of nowhere and you're going to have to deal with it in relationship to your, to your physical well-being. But here's the second area, the relational area. And I want to invite you this morning to make the assumption as you think about your relationships, make the assumption that everything you say about people will be heard by them. Make the assumption that what you say about people, they're going to hear. It's just going to get there. If you make that assumption... That every time you make a comment about a person, someone has a recorder on and they're going to play it for that person, I think, no, I think I know, that would change the way you would talk about people. Your thoughtfulness and your kindness would be more likely to be prevalent. Sometimes, now if you're zooming out, zoom in for a second. Sometimes we think our words do not matter. I'm just blowing off steam. Words can be weapons, can't they? Words can cut deeply into people. So I just want to invite you this morning to make the assumption that what you say about people will be heard by them. I, I, you probably have heard the story. I remember hearing about it again, about the father whose son had, a trouble, had trouble with his temper. His son had a problem just kind of flying off at the handle at every little thing. The boy had a kind of a short fuse. And the father tried desperately to find some way to help his son control his temper. And, and so this is what he came up with. He took the boy out into the backyard one day with a bag of nails and a hammer. And he said to them, he said, son, every time you lose your temper, I want you to come out here and drive a nail into that fence. Well, the first day, the boy put 23 nails in that fence. He had a problem. But it was a lot of problem also to go out there and put nails in the fence every time. And so gradually, he began to reduce the number of nails he put in there until finally one day, victory came. And he went to his dad and he said, Dad, I didn't lose my temper all day today. I didn't put a single nail in that fence. And his father was so proud of him. He said, I am, I, that's fabulous. I'm so, so glad you've reached that. And then he said, Let, let's continue. From this day forward, son, every day you don't lose your temper, take a nail out of the fence. You got the image here? And so over the course of time, it still took him a little work, but the day arrived when the son went back to his dad and he said, no nails left in that fence, dad. No nails, finally. And his dad said, I'm so proud of you, buddy. 
I'm so proud of you. I do want to point out to you, though, that there are a lot of holes in that fence. And son, I want to remind you that when you say things in anger, your comments leave a scar like the holes in that fence. Scars that sometimes never go away. What we say, what we say is very, very important. How we treat people, it matters deeply. A few years ago, there was, a, there was an article in Good Housekeeper magazine. It was, it was pretty cool. I, somebody passed it on to me. It was an article. The title of the article was, How to Spot Good Candidates for Marriage, What to Look for in a Man. And it had six things you need to know about someone if you're going to think about marrying them. And here's, what, here's basically what it said. Number one, watch him drive in heavy traffic. Number two, go out and play golf with him or tennis or whatever. Number three, listen when he talks to his mother when he doesn't know you're listening. Number four, see how he treats those who serve him. Waiters, servers, ushers. Number five, notice how and for whom he spends his money. And number six, Look at his friends. You see a common thread in all that? To a lesser or greater degree, all of those have to do with how we treat people. To be the relational person you want to be. Now listen carefully what I'm about to tell you. To be the relational person you want to be, you need to start paying attention and thinking about it before you, saying it, before you say it. Have you ever said something and then thought about it? Have you ever had an occasion, or maybe the better question is, when was the last time you had an occasion where you said something and you wish you could reach out and grab it before it got to their ears? This is a big deal. Because if you're waiting for the cultural climate to come down and things to cool down, I'm encouraging you not to wait on that. I am saying to you, be careful what you say. And just make the assumption that everything you say about a person is going to, be, going to be hurt by them. One more. And this is the most important one. Our spiritual selves. And here's the assumption I want you to make. Very, very soon you will have a one-on-one -on -one accounting with God. Very soon, you'll have a one-on-one -on -one accounting with God. You'll stand before God. He'll ask you to explain the stewardship of your life. How have you done with the opportunities I've given you? How have you done with the intelligence, the body? I, how have you done with opportunities to serve I gave you? the assumption that very, very soon you'll have a one-on-one -on -one accounting with him. 
I'm not saying this, don't hear this as. I'm not saying it to frighten you or to stress you or make you anxious. But I am saying it to invite you to turn up the urgency on this. Feeding yourself spiritually. Because no soul in this room knows anything about how long we have left. New Year's is a starting time. We don't know when the ending time will be. But we can be assured of this, that we can live our lives, we can make the decision to live our lives in such a way that when we do have the one-on-one accounting with God, by the way, the Bible teaches that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and we will stand before God. That when we do have the one-on-one accounting with God, He will see that we've made progress. So I want to close today by where I started. Not that I have already obtained this, but this one thing I know. I press on toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to know as your pastor and someone who loves you, I want you to hear me say, you as Christians are called to be different than the world. You're called to be different. You're called to be different. No one ever said this being a Christian business was going to be easy. But I just want to gently nudge you and remind you, you're not meant to march to the beat of the world. You're not meant to march to the same drumbeat. You are meant to be different. So again, I want you to think carefully about the stewardship of how you live your life physically, relationally, and spiritually. I want you to think hard about that because you, sisters and brothers, you, we, we are called to march to, the, to a different drumbeat. And I want to challenge you this year to do that. I want to challenge, and by the way, if you have situations where you've made progress in some area, I want you to tell me about it. Tell me about it. I want to know what you're doing, how you made progress. That's huge. Question is, can you teach an old dog new tricks? I think you can. Do I think it's easy? Mm -mm, No, but I think you can. So as you go forward, as we go forward, I invite you to be the person on Monday you profess to be on Sunday. Because the world, the culture out there, they're looking to see if there's some connection between belief and behavior. You understand what I mean by that? Anybody can talk, 
I want to challenge you to make progress. Press on. Press on. Don't give up. I'm going to invite the praise and worship team to come and play this morning. And um, I've been thinking about this all week. Actually, well, about the last five days, actually. You can't make the progress you need to make without taking the hand of God. You can't. You can't become the person you want to become without putting your hand in His hand and walking alongside Him. You know why? Because you are in a spiritual battle. So I want to invite you today to worship with me as we close our time together. I'm going to open our altar for a time of prayer, and we're just going to see where it goes. I want to see if the people of Cokesbury will just give God some time and let him speak to us. I want to see if we'll just open ourselves to him and invite him to speak to us. Don't just go through the motions. Life's too short to go through the motions. So as we're singing this morning, as I do each week, I'm going to open the altar for prayer. And I'm going to invite you, if you want, to come and pray. You can use your seat as an altar if you want to. But if you want to come and pray, I want to invite you to do that at this time. The altar's open for prayer.